This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Kevin Daggett and Lee Vowell. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I'm Lee. With me is Todd. We, Todd is always a part of the show. We just don't have the new intro. So if anybody's committed to listening to this uh, podcast <laughs> for some reason, en- enjoy your prison years. Then, uh, you know, it's it's and you're like, Where, where's Kevin? It's like it's not a joke. It's not like uh, the old police squad episodes where it's like they show the title and say something else. And it's like, what am I looking at? So, um, so no, eventually we'll have a new intro. Uh, for, who knows? for the purposes Three, of uh, this podcast, I am Kevin. That's right, Kevin, um, <laughs> and I'll be Joanne. So uh, anyway, this uh, thanks to you, thanks to you, thank you for listening. That's a great, great start. So um, anyway, before we get into the the Super Bowl talk, we'll talk Seahawks news, right? So they made yes. a bunch of change of coaches, cha- coaching changes on Friday. They let go Mike Solari, who's been the offensive line coach there for several years, and he he wasn't a bad offensive line coach, but they they promoted. Andy Dickerson, who came over last year when Shane Waldron came over um, mm-hmm. from from Los Angeles, and Dickerson was uh, offensive line assistant, assistant offensive line coach, I should say, with the Rams for many years before coming right. over to Seattle. And knows, you know, he worked with Waldron, worked with Sean McVay, so clearly has an idea of what the blocking scheme should be, and that's right. really why they made the change, right? So it's like Andy Dickerson is just a better fit. For what Shane Waldron? So good move. Hopefully. Great move. Great move. You know, this, the the whole thing with Shane Waldron is so odd because I was super hyped about it when it was announced, and you were at least lukewarm happy. Now you were happy about it too because it's like, oh my god, this is going to be great, and it really didn't seem to work right until the end of the season. And you can't just say, well, it was just the Lions because, no, it was also the Cardinals who were, like, fighting for their playoff life. And they've had a couple interesting changes. Speaking of that, we'll cut to that later. But I really like the fact because, okay, now we're going to get more of the total package of what they can bring. And, no, I'm not talking about Lex Luger, although – yeah, hi, Lex. So, like you said, it's going to fit – now the blocking scheme – can fit the off overall offensive scheme better, which is huge. We should still get good run blocking, but the key is we should get better pass protection too. Uh, now I saw an article on a different site, unnamed, but it was talking about they were comparing comparing they were comparing they were comparing the <clears throat> grading of the offensive line from two different sites. One was Pro Football Focus, another one I can't remember, and I apologize, but I don't have notes because I'm not a professional. So you, you actually literally are a professional. Well, actually, I'm a professional, so you make at I, least a dollar on this podcast. Should have made the research. Should have done the research and earned my keep. But Pro Football Focus ranked the uh, offensive line pretty poorly, specifically in pass protection, which. You can kind of see the run blocking was great, but Rimble. pass protection well. <laughs> was, but pass protection wasn't so good. But a different site looked at different aspects of pass protection and they graded them better. But they weren't like top five by any means in the one that graded them well. So even though depending on how you look at it, 
maybe they were okay. They still weren't great. So it's it's the same thing with Ken Norton Jr. Was he a terrible defensive coordinator? No. He wasn't a terrible defensive coordinator, but it's it's you'd be hard pressed to find anybody other than someone in his household to say he was good. You would not find anybody who said he was great. And if you want to win Super Bowls, which that's the goal, uh, might not be an every season expectation. Hi, Richard Sherman. But that's always the goal. And so you can't have someone who's just good. You have to have people who are great. And this is a great fit. This enables them. Okay, like this year now we can see. Is it was that the right fit? Was that the right hire or not? And then if it wasn't, okay, then make a change. But and I know I was calling for, you know, the oh Walter's got to go because clearly he can't do it. It's like one yeah, really one year you can't really you just can't go by one year. Now now if the offense never did anything. Well, then I think that's fair, but they were getting better as they went along, and clearly Russ's finger was part of it. wasn't part of it in the beginning of the season because his finger was okay, but you know, it was getting used to the offense, and, and I think just the fact that the schemes, perhaps blocking schemes, didn't quite mesh with the overall concepts, I think that hurt that. So we'll see. We'll see, but – Part of it too is the familiarity of the system. You don't have to oh, like yeah, for sure. completely change everything over. So it's just like you were talking about Clint Hurt last week. It's like really important to have some consistency. Uh, several people have people who would know better than us because they've actually played the game with the Seahawks. And we're talking about how consistency is so important. So I like I like this move. Um, and it's not that Solari wasn't getting it done, but it wasn't – they still weren't where they need to be. So you should make yeah. changes. you know. And I think – and I'm giving credit – absolutely give credit to Carol because whether, whether he was asked to make changes from above or he just realized he made changes, I hope to – I would rather feel that he realized he needed to make the changes. Don't, I don't really care what how it worked out. He's making changes, and he's making changes to the philosophy of how they play, which is what they had to do, which that's all we wanted. Yeah, and maybe it's one of those things, too, where it's like, uh, you know, he's he decided to allow his coordinators to have more. And this is just a guess because I don't know how much he yeah. imp- had input he had on um, the offense or defense, really, for that matter. Right. People, right. The, people think, oh, you know, it's Pete's defense. He has to say so. But and that practically isn't possible when you're coaching during the game because he's the head coach and he has to oversee all aspects. But Unless I do wonder. Lovey Smith now. <clears throat> oh, right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy Lovey got a job, by the way. Just yeah. Kind of stinks where he went. But, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but I wonder if, you know, and kind of like you hit on uh with Shane Waldron being a year in he was like okay I'm gonna allow you to have a little bit more freedom and and Shane was like look I don't have anything against Mike Solari but Andy Dickerson knows the system better it would make more sense for him to be the offensive line coach I don't know if that conversation happened but it wouldn't surprise me if he did because that makes logical sense right yeah and there's Um, nothing wrong if that's how it went Exactly. And Solari's been an offensive line, a really good offensive line coach yes. for years and years and years in the NFL. But he has a certain way of teaching the offensive line because he has a certain way he wants the line to block. And that, you know, the the Rams have a wide 
zone blocking scheme. And right. the Seahawks didn't do that. Um, and they tried to do it a little bit last year. and It didn't work until the end of the season when they actually had a running back who could do something because running mm-hmm. in the Rams system is very important. And that's what basically what the Seahawks have. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully it's a good move and hopefully the offensive line is better. It's, there's so many, you know, I mean, they could lose Posick, they could lose Brown, they could lose Shell. And basically right. the two people they have on, on the line right now who are definitely coming back unless they get rid of Gabe Jackson for some reason are the yeah. two guards. Everybody else is in, in flux. I think Brown comes back. I don't think Brandon Shell comes back. I think maybe even Jake Curhan um, replaces yeah. him and Posick. I, yeah. I think he so, steps in. I think he steps in. I was, I was kind of surprised that Ed Donatel he made the right move. I mean, he's the DC for yeah. the Vikings, but right now I was kind of surprised that, you know, and, and we, we report on it because other people are reporting on it, but there's nothing until the Seahawks say we have done this. Is it really official? Right. Right. So Ed Donatel was never officially a part of the Seahawks organization. We just assumed he's going to come in and be a senior defensive assistant and help out Clint hurt. As you mentioned, right. got promoted to dc and as when ken norton jr got let go um but and i was i was bummed for about 12 hours there because i was thinking i like ed donatel i think he's would be a a it was a great it would have been a great hire yeah and it would have been a good fit with clint hurt because of hurt has a a relationship with that vic fangio system right but then when donatel didn't come in i thought the sean desai it's just a stroke of genius um, bringing him in as associate head coach, because what happens yes. is the defense works well. You've got a 71 year old head coach, Sean Desai. I don't know what promises or whatever they, they right. offered him, but if he comes in and two years from now, there's your next Seahawks head coach. Sean Desai. Exactly. It's exactly the scenario that I was painted when, we were, when I was talking about, wrote about Brian Flores possibly coming in. And of course that's not going to happen now because he may not go anywhere, but, but, that was exactly the scenario. You get a young defensive coach, in this case, not the D.C., but a young defensive coach. For the record, Sean Desai is 22 years old. <laughs> Don't look that up. I thought he was, thought he was 16. But he's what? Is he 38 or is he 36? 38. 38. I think he's 38 and Hurt is 43. And then Carl Scott, who we haven't talked about, who you might um, right. think he's 36. Ah, Scott's a 36-year-old, yeah. So they have this triumvirate of defensive coaches who are should. There's no reason that they shouldn't mesh really, really well. And is is uh, Desai assistant head coach or associate head coach? Associate um, head coach. Defense. Associate head coach. Yeah, Whatever the hell that means. Yeah, what what the official title, if it was assistant or associate. I'm sure there's a couple – there's no zeros involved, but I'm sure there's a couple of figures at the beginning that make a difference, whether you're an assistant or an associate. But Well, I mean, when yeah, we both who knows what the promises retail, are. We've both worked yes. in retail before, and how many times have we negotiated? Well, I'd like to be the assistant manager, but can I be the associate manager? Well, what I'd like to be is be the assistant to the associate That's right. of the assistant. That's right. Dwight. General manager. <laughs> Dwight. We're both Dwight. Uh, we are all Dwight. Anyway, <laughs> you can only you can only aspire to be Dwight. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's a different podcast. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Which is the name of the podcast. You can only. No, we're making that all up. <laughs> Unless there really is one out there. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
I'm not sorry if there really is one there. I'm going to listen to no, it. No, I'm, I'm sorry if I, I upset those hosts of that podcast and we've yeah. dissed them by not knowing that they exist. We should look for it right now and listen to their podcast while we're doing this one. Anyway, yeah, I, it's this is addition by subtraction. I mean, I actually like this better than Donatelle, and it's it, it's weird, but it's kind of like okay, how did this fall in your lap? Because they were really hot for Decide to begin with, and it looked like he was the candidate for DC because he's been the DC in a lot of places. And I was like, okay, well, and I, I in no way do I say they were settling for Donatelli, not at all. But that was would have been a terrific hire, and it sure seemed like that was a hire. And then all of a sudden he goes to, <sighs> yeah, it's a better job because he's the DC as opposed to an assistant associate whatever his title would have been. <clears throat> so he had to take that. Well, he didn't have to, but he, he should have taken the job. Absolutely. And hopefully he does well, unless, of course, we face him, in which case, <laughs> well, I don't want to blister the Vikings. I'd be okay if we if we beat them like 17 to nothing. But so there's nothing bad with the defense. But we yeah, make sure want, he, it seems like he was just settling for what Seattle was offering. And then it was like, yeah, oh, wait, yeah. I've got this D.C. offer out here. I'll take that. And again, yeah, nothing against the guy. It's his livelihood. Of course, he should take that job because that's a closer step up to head coaching, too, again. But, yeah, back to the size, like who knows if there's any promises made. But there don't have to be any promises made. I mean, the opportunity is staring him in the face. It's like, hey, if I do a really good job, if I do great, let's say – Pete goes through his contract, so Clint Hurt gets the job, gets the head gig. This is obviously just insane speculation, but reasonable. So Hurt gets the gig, uh, decides the DC, decide continues to do an awesome job, decide gets promoted. He's a head coach. He still would be like, what, 44 maybe, and he could be a head coach, or maybe he would be the head coach in Seattle. So who knows? But awesome position for him and more importantly for the 12s it's great for us because I, I i can absolutely see this being a top five defense with the talent they have in place with this coaching staff absolutely yeah. like a click. little bit more aggressive yeah exactly because they've got one, the one year yeah and then they've got the players to be i think like you like you said you know they've got the they've got the talent they just misused it i right. mean jamal adams was misused yes. i think in a system, because uh, Sean Terrible. Asai basically is going to be the co-coordinator, right? I mean, for all right. intents and purposes, that's what's happening. But he's great with the secondary. Exactly. knows how to get an aggressive secondary. And I think Jamal Adams is, is due for a really big season next year. Now, if, yeah. if, if he doesn't, then, then we've got other issues to talk about after next year. But I think right. he's going to be better used in that system. And I, I'm interested. I can't wait to see how they actually do use him. Of course, they need to re-sign Quandre Diggs, in my opinion. Um, Absolutely. Maybe they need to re-sign DJ Reed and maybe even Sidney Jones or you know grab another cornerback or whatever, a free agent cornerback, expecting a rookie to come in. I don't know how healthy uh, Trey Brown's going to be because yeah. he broke his leg late in the season, so I'm not sure if he's going to be ready. And he was just starting to play, you know, so he hadn't really played a full season where it's like, oh, okay, he's got all this experience. He still is lacking experience. But Carl Scott, of course, who... He's only been a DB coach in it's it's funny because he's only been a DB coach in the NFL for one season, right? Last year with the Vikings. But who did he coach DBs before that? He coached at Alabama under Nick Saban, who is a yeah. genius defensive coach, and he right. coached 
players who are excellent NFL players. So I, I think that if you could transition from college to the NFL in like a year or just straight, and you're mm-hmm. going to be just a, a, a position coach, Carl yeah. Scott's a perfect fit, right? Yeah, it, it, it is. It's a perfect fit. And I, I can absolutely see them scheme where they can bring Jamal Adams up in the box a lot more, which is where he belongs. That's what she said. And <laughs> sorry, I just had to go there. But <clears throat> and by she, you mean uh, the owner of the team, of course. Of course. That's that, what Jody that Allen she wants. wants she wants him. She wants that kind of defense. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. She wants that aggressive defense. Cause don't I think we, we saved it. I think we saved it. The listener yeah, will know what we yeah, mean. Yeah, they will. But, <clears throat> yeah, I totally see uh, them yeah, is it remaking the defense or revamping the defense? Anyway, I guess it's going to remake the defense because they're going to go away from the cover three most likely because they started to already. And the big piece of the puzzle that we don't know to me, the big piece of the puzzle is what happens with Bobby Wagner. That's the big piece of the puzzle. You know, is 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 Cody Barton ready to be a starter in the NFL? Absolutely, but. Is he ready to be Bobby Wagner? That's a different, different. Or Jordan Brooks. Call. If Brooks slides over. Yes. Yeah, way. and and I think it would be more likely that Brooks would slide over, which, you know, and no one's really talk, talking about that. And it's like it's always it's like, oh, well, he's going to step in. It's like, but Brooks is more likely to slide over. So we'll see. <clears throat> I mean, it's going to be a lot of money to keep Wagner, but <sighs> and he's his own agent, and he's. Obviously, he's going to do what's right for himself, but I, I can see him maybe taking a hometown discount, and I don't think he should. We've talked about this a lot, but I never think players should take a hometown discount just because it's like, uh, why doesn't the team give them a home player discount? Right. It's like, we love you so much. It's like, we're going to pay you what you're worth <clears throat> to keep you here because we respect you, and we know that the New York Jets can offer you. $37 million, and we're not going to expect you to take 32 to stay here. We're going to give you 37 because that's what you're worth, and we're not going to – sorry, Ted, but we're not going to send you to purgatory. We're going <laughs> to keep you here where you can be successful and be loved and all of that stuff. So, yeah, um, I really hope they keep Wagner. Was he a little off his game last year, comparatively speaking? Yeah, he was. But I'm not so sure that that was him slowing down. Or him trying to play like five different roles in a defense that was dysfunctional for so much of the time. It's like he's still just one guy. I don't care if he's Bobby Wagner. He's still just one guy. And it's it's interesting that the defense suffered quite a bit. And it's did the defense suffer more because Wagner slowed up a little bit? Or were Wagner's stats not quite up to his level? They're up to the level of anybody else, but were they not quite up to his his standards? Because he was trying to literally fill gaps, right? For or drop schemes that weren't working and not attack yeah. a lot of scrimmage. Yeah, it just it just yeah, it was just. We'll see, we'll see. But they were absolutely set up for success on defense. I mean, if mm-hmm. if if the defense doesn't rebound. Then there's bigger issues, and then the people calling for Pete Carroll. Okay, now you have now you probably have an argument to be made. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. And I think based on the changes they did make over on Friday, 
Um, they need to bring Rashad Penny back because I think he's a, a great fit. He showed he was a great fit in that system. He just needs to stay, stay healthy. And then right. I think that they have to resign Quandra Diggs. And I'd like to have DJ Reed back. Um, and I think they will get him back. But I think in yeah. that system, Diggs is a great fit for what Sean Desai, I don't know about Clint Hurt, but what Sean Desai's idea of, of what a secondary should be aggressive. Oh, yeah. And Diggs creates turnovers, even in a system that doesn't really want the I, I joke but doesn't really create <laughs> turnovers um, yeah and he which is one thing pete wants yeah and and should because you turn the ball over on defense obviously you're creating a should theoretically create a easier sure. time for your offense and the defense last year did the opposite of that yeah and they, only, they only gave up so many points 11th in the nfl as it turns out but they also weren't giving their they weren't turning the ball over except for digs and they also weren't getting the opposing offenses off the field. So the offense had the Seahawks offense actually had less of a chance to make an impact because they had the ball. It was just a mess. Yeah, it was like it one was, big cycle was a mess. every game. Brunson yeah. And everything, every everything. Yeah. And everything fed itself is like, we're not getting the turnovers. So we're staying out there. And then, the, yeah, it was just, it was the worst of all possible worlds. And yet they were seven and 10. So yeah. if that's as bad as it gets, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll live through a seven and ten season. I mean, if, and that was a train wreck. <laughs> that's that's what is interesting to me. And going back to Richard Sherman's statement, it's like people are just like, so many people is like, oh my god, you got to blow it up. It's like, dude, you were seven and ten. That's the worst season you've had in a decade. Right. And there were obvious things, obvious solutions, which they've taken the steps to correct now. It's just yep. chill. <laughs> Here's the thing about Richard Sherman's comments, too, about like the fans, you know, oh, they expect a Super Bowl every year. OK, well, first of all, Richard, how many Super Bowls have you won besides that one? Zero, yeah. right. But what player what player goes into a season thinking, eh, I right. don't think we can win the Super Bowl. Of course, you're going to think you're the same as a fan when it comes to your expectations, of especially course. on that Seahawks team teams that you had. You expect to win the Super Bowl. So Richard can't just say, oh, the 12s expected the Super Bowl every year. Wouldn't you yeah. as a player also yeah, he went the Super Bowl? He, he definitely went overboard overboard with it. But I, I think his – and he did have those specific statements when he's talking about, yeah, these players are just uh, – these players, some of these fans, it's like it's, it's almost like it's their birthright. It's like, oh, we should win the Super Bowl every time. It's like expectations are one thing, and but some of them almost – it's like a demand. It's like, oh, you suck if you didn't win the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, it's not going to happen every year. And that doesn't no. mean that it's time to make wholesale changes. And that I think that aspect of his statement, absolutely correct. It's like, was he a little harsh? Mm, yes. But then again, it's like you are talking about Richard Sherman, right? It's like, did you expect him to candy coat anything? Right. And, and I like Probably Richard. Probably not. I like yeah. Richard. But, you know, again, going back to the expectations comment. Right. Some of the stuff it's like and he's a smart guy. But some of the stuff he said, it's almost like he didn't think it all the way through, like. So are you telling me you didn't expect a Super yeah. Bowl? Because if that means you didn't expect it, then something's wrong there. Because you should. Yeah. Oh, and team. you know he expected it. You know he expected it every year, for sure. Because yeah. that's, that's what you try to obtain. With the talent on that team, you have to think, we have a chance to win the Super Bowl. So going back to people that need to be resigned, and I agree with every one of your, your statements, uh, starting with – I guess starting with Diggs, above, even above Rashad Penny. How important is it that they uh, resign Adrian Peterson? And I'm not joking. Yeah, no, I agree. Actually, in the 
in the running backs, I guess two or three weeks ago, I, after the season that ended, I was like, this is what right. the running back room should look like. It should be Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, assuming Carson comes back. And Adrian Peterson right. should, should be the third back. And I don't care if he ever runs the ball, but he needs to yep. be the third back. Exactly. I don't care. If, I mean, I, I want him to get a few touches because that's what he wants. Uh, You're the goal line, to, especially. I mean, exactly. Because I want him. other running backs, but he's a beast. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, it's like, fine. Let him get 10th place on his own. That's cool. Um, you know, because he still has, he still has, he's a player. He's not a coach. He he is. He didn't know it until this season, apparently. But but he's still a player. He wants to play, of course. You know, talk about expectations and motivations, and they should give him the opportunity to help the team as best he can. And it can still help the team. I mean, as as he proved. I mean, what was it? Eleven carries and eighteen yards. It's like that's not great, but it was an important touchdown that he scored in the game. Yep. Yeah, and and they've got. Homer and DJ Dallas, you know, so it's not like they don't have someone who can step up and be that third back again. And and legitimately, as far as playing time is like, OK, maybe he's not the third back. Maybe he's the fourth back, but he needs to be on the active roster so that he can contribute. I mean, and I don't mean just for his sake, for the team's sake, because he can legit contribute. Like you said, especially around the goal line, but especially this dude, uh, he, uh, by all accounts, including Rashad Penny's, he turned Rashad Penny into a beast because you, we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. It's like Rashad Penny figured out, oh, I can play hurt, I can play through this. This is the NFL. This is how it works. Right. You know, and it's like, ah, oh, man, my hamstring's tight. It's like, okay, well, do some stretching exercises and go back in. And you'll be fine. You can play through it. And what the hell happened to this? This guy just – he didn't come out of nowhere because this is the guy they expected, but it took four years to get him. And when did we get him? When we got Adrian Peterson. That's right. when we got him. Literally, Actually, I worry literally, that, that's when we got him. I worry what Penny looks like next year if Adrian Peterson isn't there. I mean, maybe I, he I, learned a lot this season from Peterson, I, but I also think I, that I think voice he's of got wisdom. Him on speed dial. I think he's got him on speed <laughs> dial. Seriously. And if he doesn't, Pete better put it in his phone. And it's like, okay, because you know, because we even wrote articles about it, you know, talking about how Penny was rededicated, and then he had a nutritionist and all this stuff, you know. And this was two years ago, and we saw what happened two years ago. Uh, not the best season. So it's not that the guy's not trying. It's not that he's not dedicated. He's incredibly dedicated to being the best but he just didn't have the right coach and for whatever reason the running back whisperer is adrian peterson <laughs> at least for this dude i can't wait to see what he can do for chris carson i hope chris carson is yeah. number one i hope he's healthy if he has to retire then retire dude it's yeah. like i don't care Absolutely. what you can do for the seahawks it's like you got to take care of yourself yeah human but being over football player, of course but i hope he comes back i hope he's healthy and we have a one one, I don't know what is it, a one A and a one AA between him and Penny, the way Penny was playing. But I just I want to see what he can do with Carson. It's like okay, this is the way to play so you don't get hurt as often. Um, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be lovely to get at least fourteen games out of Carson again, and get fourteen games out of Penny and see what these 
gentleman can do. I almost said something else, and I was like, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> but, oh, my God, that would be amazing, amazing, because who is better when he has a good running game? That would be Russell Wilson. It's like, hmm. Hmm. Are those are those deep routes going to be open because they got to come up into the box and try to stop Carson and or Penny and occasionally right. Mr. Peterson? And that is Mr. Peterson. Like, damn. Yep. I mean, damn, DK damn, Metcalf's damn. touchdown catches went up at the end of the year because right. they had single coverage in the end zone. Maybe they were Which short is... passes and not those beautiful long passes that we like to see Russell throw. But what's more efficient, scoring touchdowns or, you know, having seven three and outs or whatever because we try to throw it 40 yards on third down when we need two instead of oh you know what yeah we can score a three yard touchdown pass yeah we need we need the touchdown passes i don't care i mean yeah it's awesome if they're like 68 yards but the three yards is fine too and yeah that's the thing is like you're gonna try to do go one-on-one with dk and also hopefully one-on-one with tyler right like you are so screwed. <laughs> you are so screwed. But if you don't do that, guess who's going to bust up the middle or cut around the edge and take it to the house? It's going to be Chris Aaron Carson. Donald. Oh, wait. Or... <laughs> no, it's going to be Rasheen Green who's going to like right. motor on you. Oh, my God. So it's, it's, is... it's an oh, exciting season coming up. They're just yeah. saying it's an exciting season coming up. And totally today soaked. Is, today is the final game of the 2021 season and it's between the saskatchewan no it's um so it's the cincinnati bengals it could be against the uh, los angeles rams rams lambs. and so lambs. yes the lambs los angeles lambs so uh you know i think most football fans are gonna unless you have to work or have some you know previous family engagement or something you're you're gonna be watching the game so family i, I there's no exactly. family on Super Sunday. Yeah, exactly. The family should be watching the game with you. I mean, what's more important? So, um, but uh, I, I put out a list just just today of bold, bold Super Bowl predictions, which are not really bold. But one I, because uh, I'm not that smart. But one prediction I had was Matt, Matthew Stafford throwing three interceptions. It's it's funny because. I've, when I start, I put that as the headline. That was one of my first, one of my first thoughts when I write in the article. And I thought, oh, you know what? It's Matthew Stafford. Everybody expects him. He's actually, he doesn't throw interceptions that much. He's thrown no, he doesn't. One this postseason and three in his playoff career. It's not like he's thrown a bunch of interceptions. He just got for some reason a bad rap all of a sudden because he's not overly accurate. He's whatever. But I have him throwing three interceptions two in the first half, and the Bengals will lead at the half. So, you know, but uh, I don't know if you have any predictions, but that was one. Second one I had was T. Higgins because I'm a homer. How, how great <laughs> how great of a week was this for Oak Ridge, Tennessee? T. Higgins oh is playing the Super Bowl, and Mike yeah. Caldwell, who I went to school with, has become the D.C. in Jacksonville. And then, um, well, I don't know if that's good or bad, but hopefully Jacksonville will be good. <laughs> hopefully that's their all, defense all is good. All the best to, to Mike. Uh, he's He and his sister, yeah. Nikki, who's a basketball coach at LSU, are fantastic people, so wish them the best no matter what. But, um, yeah, T. Higgins with 185 yards because I think they're going to focus with Jalen Ramsey a lot more on Jamar Chase, which is going to open up T. Higgins, and I think he'll have a big first half. And then I had uh, this. So if you look at our staff predictions – I, I didn't pick the Bengals, but in my bold prediction, I did because I don't care. 
So um, the, the third prediction I had was Evan McPherson because he's he's the star of the postseason, right? Really, when it comes down to it, right? So Evan L, McPherson. L. McPherson? Is, yeah. L. McPherson. She's very cute. That's right. Very and cute. Is, by the way, before I forget, is Avril Lavigne, Avril Lavigne singing the national anthem? I don't know. She's part of Super Bowl week. I've seen her photo, but I'm like, she's certainly not involved in the halftime show. So she no, must not. be doing like, the national I guess anthem. she is. I guess she's singing the national anthem. Which is weird, because, I mean, we shouldn't allow those Canucks to come down and steal our game. <laughs> well, we don't know that she's going to be singing the national anthem of the United States, though. That's true. That's true. They may do. She's going to bust out with O'Canada. Do... That'd be pretty sweet. Who is singing? This is NBC Sports. Who is singing the national anthem at Super Bowl 2022? And the answer is probably well down the article because they don't. It's uh, Super Bowl 2022. I think it was Lawrence Welk. That's right. This year's pregame entertainment, including the performance of the national anthem, is set. Grammy, Grammy Award nominated country art music artist. That's that's an oxymoron. Country music artist, Nikki <laughs> Nikki Guyton. We'll sing the national anthem. Okay, so I have no idea how Avril Lavigne is involved. At, at, at point, I have no idea. Maybe people just show up to Super Bowl week if they're if they're entertainment people because it's like, oh, I'll have my photo taken. That'll raise my cue. I think they, they still call it cue. Yeah, yeah. I think it's still yeah. I think it's still called the cue rating. Bill Cosby's I think fell somewhat in the past yeah. decade. Used it's to funny because. Really Cosby is actually um, he's going to be not singing the national anthem, but he's actually going to be doing the sign sign language for it. So because I thought I was afraid for a moment you said he was going to be serving drinks at the VIP lounge is like, "Mm, no, (laughs) Um, he might be. So now now I've got to look up a real living. Anyway, back to my third prediction. But um, I have Evan, Evan or L McPherson, either one kicking yeah. a 63 year old, 63 year old, kicking a 63 year old. That will make headlines. That is. It really is a little Carl Tanzler out there. But a 60, 63 year, seriously, 63 yard field goal to win the game. And maybe he is 63. I don't know how old Evan McPherson or L. L's probably closer to 63 than that one. But, yeah, um, that's what L is, I'm sure. Anyway, a 63-yard <laughs> field goal. Because that that kind of playoffs, right? We've had a, so many games yeah. come down to the last second. Field goal's winning the game, but I think this one will be like, oh, NFL already scripted it. This guy's going to kick a 63-year <laughs> yard field goal. So it's actually he started kicking it. Man. It's going to feel like 63 years by the time you watch the game. That's right. 1962, he started kicking it. And it finally arrives, and it wins the game. Tom Dempsey with the winning field goal. That's right. Uh, strange. Yes, I predict it will be a boring game for the first time in quite a while. Just because that that would be how it would work, right? We've had the most exciting playoffs. I mean, I don't think it's arguable. I think we've, we've had the most exciting overall playoff run we've ever had because it's just been ridiculous how these games have come down to the wire. So, of course, it would only make sense that this one is a blowout. I don't know which way it would go, though. I mean, I, and I made a prediction that of, of a fairly close, fairly close game. I predicted the Bengals will win, but I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, like 45-13 or something horrific like that, because of course nobody wants to see that. I don't think because... the NFL will allow that anymore. I mean, I know that sounds like <laughs> I'm saying it's all fixed, but honestly, I don't think they would allow that anymore. They got so. The 80s was such a bad time. Like, yeah. okay, 
the 49ers, whoever the NFC is playing, they're going to blow out. All right. Yeah. And I, I think they've been a fa- I mean, how many blowouts have we had in Super Bowl? We, the last blowout we had was the Seahawks, right? When they beat the Broncos. 43 yeah, been a, That's been a while. It's been a New York minute. Hi, Ted. 14. Super, I mean, it was a 2013 season, but it happened in 2014. So, Since then, so we're we've all been close. Oh, tell the Washington Washington Commanders that's how that works. They don't seem to understand how championship seasons work. Um, yeah, it's. I'm afraid that that's going to happen. I, obviously, I don't want that to happen. I only don't really think that would happen, but that would be like the fitting anticlimactic set off, you know, ending to an awesome playoff run. And then, yeah, okay, the Super Bowl's over. Like, and. Halfway through the second quarter, it's like, yeah, okay, screw this. We're going to turn it off. Although nobody should because, as we have seen, the Bengals don't care if they're down by 18. Okay, cool. We'll just come back and smash your brains in anyway. It'll be fun. So, yeah, the Bengals are scary. Who thought? I mean, I don't even sure if Bengals fans before the season would think the Bengals are a scary team. They're a scary team. Well, you know what the Bengals are? They're a bunch of 14-year-olds running around who's playing football on the street, right? And they're like – Anybody know what the yeah. score is? They don't care what the score is. They're just out there playing, which is exactly That's what they should do. Pretty much what it, pretty much how they're doing it. Uh, yeah, I mean they're they're a fun team. They're a fun team to watch. Which is, again, before the season, who would have thought that? Other than people who follow the Bengals. So I'm happy for their fans. You know, they're not the bandwagon fans because you know, to them, but they do have a pretty strong fan fan base as any good NFL team should. But you know, good for them because they've been suffering a long time, and of course they may still be suffering after this one. But at least there's reason for hope. Is like, wow, look at what we've done. And again, for the twelves who were calling for total regime change in Seattle, is like you, you could be you could be a Bengals fan, right. and you could have been suffering for decades. Or a Lions fan. Or Alliance, that was my next go-to, is the Lions. It's like you could have been suffering for decades and not have anything to show for it this year, except occasionally you'll win on Thanksgiving against a better team. They couldn't even do that this year. So it's like, come on, be be, be happy with what you've had and allow the team, and I don't mean that the overall team, but allow the general manager, allow the head coach who put that team into effect because they weren't that hot in a couple of years before that it had been a while since the since the seahawks were really good until they showed up give me your reboot fix the fix what went wrong you know and if they can't that's when you can have conversations you don't do it because one year nobody in the right mind does well well, never mind. I was just going to say nobody in the right mind. Then I was going to say, except, well, Miami Dolphins, Jacksonville Jaguars, which, again, proves the point. Nobody in their right mind makes decisions based on one year. Hello, Houston Texans. It's like, right. Jesus, you know, do you want I an just, organization um, or do you want something just aimlessly adrift for decades? Because if you get rid yeah. of Pete and you get rid of Schneider just because, oh, we had a bad year, it's like – say hello to the lions it's like because yeah. there's a good chance that's what you would get it's kind of crazy how many teams still haven't won a super bowl right like the browns the lions yeah um my only fear is if the Bengals win the super bowl that if they don't win the super bowl next year richard sherman's gonna have to be so pissed because you know Bengals <laughs> fans are gonna expect to win the super bowl next year and i, I don't want to upset richard <clears throat> no we don't want richard to be mad 
Yeah, because he might. Who knows? He might come back and, and play next year somewhere. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's uh, – I don't know. If the Bengals – if the Bengals win the Super Bowl, why would you not expect to? I mean, they're they're so young. Why would you not expect to win the Super Bowl next year? Yeah, they, that doesn't mean they will. Yeah, obviously, but. even if they lose, they still should be one of the favorites to win next year. I mean, yeah. they're so young, and and actually, I didn't write it down anywhere, but I mean, I totally was thinking T. Higgins as the uh, MVP of the, of the game for the, exactly for the reason you said, and I keep on wanting to call him T. Martin. It's like, hello, Mr. Martin. T. Higgins, 185 yards receiving, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. I have no idea what happened there. But <laughs> I didn't predict that, but that would be awesome. Somehow, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, um, I think they're gonna they're gonna try to force the ball. To, the The opposite of this prediction is, I feel like the Bengals might try to force the ball to Jamar Chase, um, especially after what you know. Mike Evans did to Jalen Ramsey in the in the yeah. Buccaneers Rams game because he right. he did toast him and I mean Jamar Chase can toast anybody right oh my so, God, yeah I hope they don't try to force anything hopefully they'll do what they did in, in the AFC Championship game which is use Higgins who's uh, more than capable of being a possession receiver but at this point you know in that game he was a possession receiver because they needed him to be a possession receiver and they've got other talent and they they will run the ball. The Rams, I was looking at the stats, the Rams stats, defensive stats, and the Bengals defensive stats aren't that far apart in the season. So it's not like the Rams come in with like the 2013 Seahawks defense and the, and right. the I don't know, the Bengals have the 2013 Broncos defense. You know, it's like it's, it, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. work that way. So they're, they're closer in statistics than what it seems. I, I don't know. I can see this could be a low-scoring game. It could be a complete blowout either way, or it could be a high-scoring game. I mean, there, anything's possible with this one. Yeah, and part of the, part of the thing, it's, it's like the Bucks two years ago, is like the Bengals are being undervalued. And I don't mean like in a betting standpoint, but just in general, uh, because of their record. It took them a while to get started. and But once they started, they're not the same team. They were in the beginning of the season at all, right. at all. Well, just like the Seahawks. The Seahawks took too long to get started, but that the team that showed up in the last two games of the season, that's a very different team than the one that took the field for most, unfortunately, of the season. So. Yep. And the Rams lost three straight games this season too, at one point in the middle of the season. So they're not that same yep. team either. So. So it was a weird year because there was no dominant team and not both of these teams are good and worthy a very, of a very of, weird year. Yeah. Both of these teams are worthy of making the Super Bowl. If they played in the eighties, they would have gotten beat by 30 points in the Super Bowl. It's oh, just yeah. that kind of thing. For sure. So. It has been a really, really strange year overall because yeah, no one is, there've been what a dozen teams that looked absolutely dominant at one point or the other in this season, but overall nobody. Yeah, the Cardinals. Early in the season. Yeah. Then, Speaking of the Cardinals, it's like, what's up with that? I think that's just a lot of BS. But it's as somebody, the thing that irritates me most about like the Kyler Murray situation is that mm-hmm. you have some like drone accounts out there who people don't realize are drone accounts, and it's like Kyler Murray's been traded to the Vikings. Don't don't put that stuff out there because people, a lot yeah. of people see they read something they believe it, and it's like don't <clears throat> don't don't do that. It's just. You know, there's uh, that's the bad thing about social media to me is that you have lots of people out there who like have 
bogus like bob condota has a uh there's a twitter handle out there that's not bob condota but you think it is because the way it's worded and it's like oh mm-hmm. the Seahawks did this and it's like nope that didn't really happen um so i just look at look up your facts if you see kyler murray uh got traded somewhere and it's not like the first thing on espn then it didn't happen mm-hmm. so. <clears throat> exactly and and i think some of it comes from sites like ours not that we do this, but they'll post things that are conjecture, but they're listed as as if they'd happened. Now we don't do that because we have some we have an editor who is on Twelfth Man Rising who's intelligent who doesn't well, let headlines have, like that go through. We have a boss who would would uh, not be happy with us if we <laughs> exactly. But there are sites who's like, oh, this happened, and then you actually read the article is like, oh, this happened in your mind. Thanks for the clickbait. <laughs> in which case, yeah, in that case, some of that is out there, but. But he did unfollow uh, the Cardinals, which is a weird thing to do. He did, but yeah, and I don't. He did do that, and but I don't. There's probably a logical reason for it, and he's not going to be. He's not going to be traded unless the Cardinals have said we're going to trade you. That's the only reason to do that. He's not going to be traded because he's still under his rookie contract. It'd be stupid of the Cardinals to do. And he's not a bad quarterback. He just doesn't have a good coach, especially in the second half of the right. season. But yeah, I uh, I don't know. I don't know what his reason was for unfollowing the. But I don't know. Those things. No idea either. But it is weird. It'd be interesting to see. Since since he's in our division, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that situation. That's what makes it interesting. It's not like oh, he's traded to the Vikings. It's like yeah, he's not. <clears throat> but the, the fact that the the Cardinals and they scrub their social media. Their Instagram account too is like, what? What are you having a yeah. lover's quarrel? What's gone going on with you? Yeah, something Very weird. Something weird is going on. I don't know if the Cardinals site tweeted or their Twitter handle tweeted something. I mean, that there could you know, be lots just, of reasons. It just dawned on me. This is all a lead into a Wendy's commercial. It's gonna it's gonna come out during the Super Bowl, and they're gonna be laughing about it. And it's like, okay, thanks. Um, I, you know, where's the beef? That's that's all you got. <laughs> exactly. So, Where is it? Uh, Mine's in the freezer. I have to defrost it in time for the game. <clears throat> I don't know what I'm going to do for food for the game. I mean, it's, we're not going to have people over because of COVID. But uh, right, right. you know, we might. Um, I don't even know if we'll have any snack snack food. Well, I'll just watch the game and maybe tweet randomly from Twelfth Man Rising, um, just about uh, <laughs> whatever. Are you, looking forward, for are you looking forward to the halftime show? Uh, kind of. I mean, I'm not super hyped about it, but typically I don't really care about the halftime shows anyway. The last time I was excited about the halftime show, like really excited about the halftime show, was Prince. So it's been a while since Which I've been excited about the an halftime awesome show. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best, it's like, oh, it's pouring rain. Right? It's okay. Ever. I'm going to destroy. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Not USB yeah. marching band lit the place up. <laughs> I was saying the Beatles open for Prince. That'd be amazing because <clears throat> that's how it would go. We all know that. I love the Beatles. My favorite group is – come on. We know they would open for Prince, not the other way around. Exactly. Um, that's right. Yeah, that was that was just incredible. So, yeah, I yeah, mean it's cool. I, I do find it interesting that on social media, again, so many people who are hmm, – uh, interesting. I'll just say that. It's like, uh, I'm not gonna watch the halftime show. It's satanic. Cause like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. Okay, sure. Oh. 
Well, next year, enjoy your strange life. <laughs> next year's uh, halftime show is Rob Zombie. That's a turn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Black so with free uh, bats free bats for everybody that's right there's got to be something i'm going to play and i can actually see that happening bats are released in the stadium (laughs) bats that'd be for and robert pattinson shows up that's right right, not not in costume he's just like hanging out and then michael comes in on a zip line he's like oh my god and everyone goes wild it's like perfect absolutely perfect uh, no, that's that guy from Morbius. So, uh, yeah. anyway, that's that's our show. Back, back to the Seahawks. They're great, and they and they will they will be even more great this season. Right. Yeah, the Seahawks are gonna win the Super Bowl. They're gonna win the Super Bowl next year, twenty six to twenty one over the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. That's my prediction. <laughs> A lot of shocking things will happen before next. Sounds like I was in goal. Oh my god! (laughs) Twenty-six goals. Russ gave up twenty-three. That's why he needs to be traded. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Tune in not next week, but the week after, unless we end up doing this halfway through the week. But anyway, that's it. Thanks. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.